does it mean to be an entrepreneur? I can tell you this, it is not for the faint in heart. It is only for the brave, the courageous, the calculated. Entrepreneurship is reserved for the resilient. Every human being is faced with the same challenges. The battle inside their own mind. A part of them that wants them to stay where they are versus another part of us that wants to grow, to expand, to evolve. Regret scares me. I've never seen anything that scares me as much as sitting with somebody in their 80s or 90s who spends all their time talking to me and not about what they did, but what they wish they did. Don't even step on the playing field if you have not counted up the cost of entrepreneurship. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. I believe that if everybody in this room had a better relationship with understanding time, they could be much happier. I feel like people are grossly impatient. I don't think that people that are 55 years old realize they have 20 more years of executing in a world where they grew up as kids and 55 seems so old and people were dying at a different age and retiring at a different age. I think if you actually saw regret up close and personal for one day, that a lot of the things that you're not doing, that it could scare you into doing it. Your future is unwritten and you have the power to change. What we can be, we must be. We know that a great life doesn't happen by chance, it happens by design. And for you to design the life that you want, you need to become an entrepreneur. But what is an entrepreneur? So there are two sides to the coin of entrepreneurship. There's heads and there's tails. And most people fail to see tails. They see heads, the face of it. They live on the surface, the lights, the cameras, the action, the time freedom, the yachts, the fun, the fame, but they don't see the blood. They never see the blood, the sweat, the tears. They never see the grit. They never see the grit. They never see the crying. They don't see the sacrifices that are made behind the scenes. Anybody that is willing to make the sacrifices pay the price and get the job done and finish what they started. Those are the ones that will succeed. Entrepreneurs have a greater capacity for uncertainty. They stay up late. They work longer. They are more focused. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to need to lead. 
A lot of you want the future, but you are not willing to pay the price that is required to purchase it. The world does not need just another entrepreneur. The world needs a disruptive entrepreneur. And see, a disruptive entrepreneur is somebody that comes along with an idea that challenges and changes the status quo. An entrepreneur's drug is self-discipline, an obsession with progress and evolution. A disruptive entrepreneur is addicted to success. They are addicted to performing under pressure. They are addicted to results. The disruptive entrepreneur knows one simple fact and that is this, I will make it Maybe not immediately, but absolutely and definitely. Don't tell me you want to step into a room and dominate if you don't have passion. Don't tell me that you want to be a disruptive entrepreneur and you want to step into a room with a new idea and challenge and change the status quo and you don't have passion. An entrepreneur daily deepens their desire to understand the arena they have chosen to step into. The world needs more creative, resilient, passionate, committed, focused, disruptive entrepreneurs. The last thing we need is somebody to come along with another good idea, but they don't have the passion, the perseverance, and the grit to get the job done. We don't need another person that's gonna start something and quit in six months. You're going to have to manage your time, allowing sufficient time to devote yourself to a specific area to use it for deliberate practice. The journey towards any valuable goal takes more practice than we think. You are going to need to reprogram and rewrite the code of your habitual nature and you are going to have to tear down negative paradigms and build new ones. A disruptive entrepreneur is calculated. A disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who knows who they are no matter what. They are somebody with vision. Right now you may be in pain. Right now you may be hurting. Right now you may be bloody. Right now you may feel like giving up. But if you have vision, you are able to see past the pain and look into the eyes of the future. If you're going to be a disruptive entrepreneur, you're going to have to master the art of listening. You're going to have to master optimism, resilience, consistency, perseverance, loyalty, creativity, courage, effort, patience, time management, optimism, the ability to take responsibility. If you're going to be a disruptive entrepreneur, you're going to need to be a problem finder and a problem solver. This is going to require you to be very mindful. It's going to require you to be aware of what is happening in our economy. Entrepreneurs are observant, and when they notice problems, they don't shy away or pass the buck. They latch on like a pit bull. They don't run for fires, they run towards fire. You gotta have an eagle mentality. An eagle is the only bird that flies into the storm. If you are going to be a disruptive entrepreneur, you are going to have to accept the fact that you will lose money. You will hire people and fire those people. You will not win every day. But you will never lose 
Because when you don't win, you will learn. Failure can be terrifying. You know, oftentimes people want to abandon the project because they feel inadequate. An entrepreneur, though, isn't scared off by the idea that isn't working. They just flip the flow. They're excited. They stay passionate. They shift their perspective. They have a passion. And that passion spills over into the rest of the team. Uh, you know, disruptive entrepreneurs are very willing to admit when they're wrong. And they remain confident even in the face of adversity. See, once you're confident in your why, it becomes a lot easier for you to persevere through the process. If you want to show up and play and be a disruptive entrepreneur, you got to bring everything you have. Many people think it's a risk taker, someone who's prepared to step out of their comfort zone, to do what they've not done before, and in some cases to do what no one has done before. To gamble everything with the realization that you could lose everything. But is that really what an entrepreneur is? When you look at the real meaning of the word in its origin, it doesn't mean risk taker. It means someone who is prepared to grab something in front of them. Someone who wants to take control. Now, as a coach, every day, I meet people who want to make positive changes in their life. People who want to achieve. People who want to be more productive, successful, have more fulfillment in their life. To be what they're truly capable of becoming. In order for you to have more, you must become more. You must become an entrepreneur and take control of the most important thing that you own. And that's your mind. Everyone has a mind, but many people are unaware of what your mind is doing. You see, the purpose of your mind is your mind plays tricks on you. So if there's anything that you want in your life and in your business, the odds are stacked against you. Why? Because you are against yourself. Inside everyone is a burning desire to be an entrepreneur, to take risks, to grab opportunities, to take control of our lives. So how do you take control of your life? By taking control of your mind. How do you take control of your mind? You must become more aware. Aware of what it's like to be yourself. I love to ask the question, how are you? What is the origin of how are you? It's actually very biblical, meaning how are you with God? Now for me, my interpretation of that is how are you with yourself? What is the experience like of being you? Chances are it's not what it could be. Chances are it is what it has been. And maybe you're like so many people all around the world that is fighting a losing battle. A battle where you are more focused on staying where you are than focused on where you want to go. Napoleon Hill wrote about this in 1937 in Think and Grow Rich, interviewing over 
500 of the most successful people, from Alexander Graham Bell, to Henry Ford, to Thomas Edison. And he could see from all of his work that there were patterns, patterns in what people were focusing on. These people had a burning desire of something they had to do, something that was in front of them, something they wanted to grab and take control of. And this is what the greatest entrepreneurs have done, a drive to do more, to create, to bring something in to this world. Everyone has ideas, but every idea that you have ever had can move you in a number of different directions. Right now, stop and look around at all the things that man has created and know that all of those things that have been created have been created twice. Once inside their mind and then in reality. We can all have ideas, but bringing those ideas in to reality is where the real game starts, in where the real entrepreneur kicks in, that where you can see something so much that you'll do whatever it takes to bring that into the world with that voice in your head that tells you, no, don't bother, let's do it tomorrow. Ooh, it's just too much work. The voice that wants you to keep you where you are will slowly fade away as you turn down the volume on that part of your brain and wake up the genius within you that wants to grow, that wants to evolve, that has to, is determined, that will do whatever it takes to become more. A man who won the Nobel Prize in 1937, a Hungarian man whose theory was called syntropy. What is syntropy? Basically that every living cell lives for one reason, to grow, to express itself fully. What you can be, you must be. The difference between us as human beings and everything else in nature is that we have the dignity of choice. A tree doesn't grow halfway and then think, oh, I've had enough of growing and stop. It keeps growing because that is what it is designed to do. With human beings, we can have these great ideas of growth and things we must create and do, but we have the dignity of choice. And I challenge you right now to see that all of the choices that you have are either going to move you forwards into growth or back into safety. The natural state of the garden is weeds. The natural state of the garden is decay. We have to go to work on ourselves. We have to become entrepreneurs of our mind, to take control, to be who we're truly capable of being. And your secret weapon in all of this is to find humor in some of what goes on inside your mind as you begin to realize you are more than your thoughts. 
What you can be, you must be. The time has come for you to be the leader that you are looking for, to be the entrepreneur of every area of your life. I live a life already where people email me on a tactical level the regret that they wish they listened to me around this, that, or the other thing three or four or five years ago. 400 trillion to one. I just want everybody to hear this. This is the reason I'm happy 24 7, 365 for the rest of my life. 400 trillion to one. The odds of becoming a human being. You might not like the human being situation you ended up in, but let me tell you this. Your mom might have grabbed another glass of wine and you never would have been. I mean, 400 trillion to one. You're more likely to win the lottery of over $100 million nine times in your life than being Rick. Because the game's very simple. If you've got debt or have to put a roof over your head or somebody else, then you work whatever job is paying you that. But I'm asking you what are you doing from 6 p.m. to midnight? And if you have to go build slowly your portfolio, your Shopify store, your Instagram account, your YouTube channel, wouldn't you be pumped if I told you for the next four years it's tough and you don't watch as much Netflix and sports and hanging out, but then you get to live happy for the rest of your life? Everybody, in theory, would sign up for that. The reality is a lot of people don't want to grind for four years. Like, people don't like pain. It's why most people don't have six packs. I mean that. I mean that. There's a lot of people here who want to be in better shape. You just don't want to work out. You just don't want to eat well. If any person here is unhappy, I need to know every single minute you spend on anything but your job because I'll tell you, taking those leisure hours which you're using to escape your unhappiness, you're literally watching Netflix or sports or video, playing video games or listening to music to escape your reality that you're not happy about, I want you to take those hours and start building something that gets you off your issue and it might take seven years but it's worth it. All you have to do is make. We are the media, all you have to do is make. And even with that mitzvah, when that great opportunity of a lifetime, one that everybody that lived before us would break their arms off to be living here right now at this time with this cost to be able to build awareness about their thing, even with all that, you're not making. It is very hard for me to feel sad for anybody who isn't making content at scale when the blueprint is black and white. Making money is a talent. We accept making, we, we accept being a basketball player is a talent. We accept being an incredible artist and singing is a talent. For some reason, we've created massive delusion around everybody can make money. It's hard. It's an actual talent. And we have to have that conversation because when we do, it can start getting us into way better conversations which is what are you destined to do? What are you capable of doing? What makes you happy? How does it go well? To me, that's where it gets interesting. We live in a time where the internet is hit scale and it's still underpriced. We are so fortunate. Our great grandparents couldn't turn a side hustle into their real life. They had to work nine to five and the world shut down. There was no internet. If you were a business operator in 2019 and your excuse is, well, I'm a pub or I make tomato juice or I have three restaurants, like digital is oxygen. The real world feels secondary. 
Like to not be a communicator, content producer, it's gone from cute and naive to grossly negligent in the same way that it would be to pay people not minimum wage. Like I, I literally believe it's grossly unacceptable. To quantify digital versus traditional, it's just marketing. Like really, you think sending direct mail, print, is a better thing to do than advertising on Instagram as a restaurant? Like, like really, like really sit down with me. You're telling me right now that it's a better deal to spend all that money making a flyer and sending it direct mail or running a radio ad or buying a small little ad in a newspaper. Like this is what you're telling me. It is 2019. I felt bad in 2002. It was early. The internet was new. I had compassion. It was cute. In 2007 it was like, hmm. It was kind of like, anno- like, hey, annoying, kind of like, mm, but still kind of. In 2012, it's like, you're not smart. In 2019, I can't wrap my head around the lack of smarts one is carrying in their body and not thinking that 2019 digital marketing is fundamental, let alone could it work. Because communication is always the foundation of success. Your relationships with your loved ones, your employees, your customers, your audience is completely predicated on communication. It's true. It's true. Please take advantage of the underpriced opportunities right now. Please figure out how to make content that's good for them, not for you. I come up here and I give a talk that's good for you, not good for me. That is what you need to do when you produce content. It doesn't need to be a piece of content that's actually a top of the funnel thing to get them into your funnel, to get them into conversion. It needs to be something that actually brings somewhat value, period, end of story, see ya, to build emotion and equity. My friends, when this is all said and done, it's gonna end up very simple. Whoever brings the most value to their audience will win. We love Amazon because we get stuff at good prices delivered to us the next day. We like that. You may not like other things they do or this, that, and the other thing or whatever is your political point, whatever, but you like getting what you want at the best price immediately. We, as humans, to get what we want, have to figure out how to bring value to them in the places where they consume information. Until you figure that out, You'll keep looking for the hack, the one that doesn't exist. Please, let this be the video that drills through your head that your life is predicated on when you get real quiet and you can't hear another person's two cents that has nothing to do with you and everything to do with where they are in life. Are you really gonna let those eight or nine people dictate your life? Because you are so fearful of judgment from others that at the end of the day, when you're 87, you will not give a about. The most important thing I think about when I think about getting to happiness is not so much owning anything, it's the ability to not hear anything but yourself. There's nothing more powerful than when everything gets quiet and the only thing that penetrates is your own voice and that voice isn't judging you. Life is a gift and now is the time for you to become the entrepreneur that you are looking for.
a great life, it doesn't happen by chance, it happens by design.